0: Welcome back to Season 3 of the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and root cause protocol consultant. I am here to share my human experience as well as have powerful conversations with the leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, and normal human responses, and connecting emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. And Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the Human Experience Podcast. I'm so excited to sit down with you both and just learn more about you two. I know you guys have a big online presence, but I just, and I love the online presence that you guys have. And I know my audience does too. So I'm just really excited to dive deep today. How's it going in um, Australia?
1: It's good. It's finally sunny today. I don't know about in Sydney where Emma is.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. We're on the coast here and it's been
1: Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm sorry <laughs> that my dog Winston is barking in the background. Can you hear him?
0: What kind of dog is he?
1: He's a chocolate lab.
0: Oh my gosh. Labs are the best. That's awesome. Oh, he's
1: the best. I just love him so much.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I have um four or no, I have well I have four do- four dogs, but I have three big ones. Really? Yeah. I tried oh, wow. to, um I tried to hide away my office, but their their barks definitely travel. So I get it. Uh, Wow,
1: four dogs. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, well, two of them are mine. I also live with my brother and my mom, so they have their their own dogs as well. So, um, yeah, lots of dogs. I love it, but it can get kind of chaotic sometimes.
1: (laughs) Emma has um, kids and she has a turtle and a cat.
0: No
2: way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a really cute turtle. It can get chaotic too. (laughs) And the cat's so cute too.
2: Although I think they're they're obviously cute. They're not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Less fairy.
0: Wow. I haven't, I don't think I've met anyone who's had a pet turtle, but I bet that's, that's fun. Yeah, me
2: either. It's all new to me as well. (laughs) 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 Okay.
0: Okay. Well, so first um, for starters, um, can you guys tell us a little bit about like, Not, I mean, I know you guys share a lot about your health journeys and how you got to where you are today, Um, but just like some background and how you guys stepped into this pro-metabolic space.
1: Well, basically, I found Emma, (laughs) I found all those years ago, seven years ago, I actually met Emma when I met Craig. So I feel like, you know, Emma and Craig really, really saved me. And she really helped me, I think, interpret Ray's work because, you know, obviously he's just so intelligent she just helped dumbed it down for me a bit and showed me how to apply it to, I apply it to myself and just make it really simple and easy because I was just dieted all my life pretty much competed you know did every stupid diet under the sun and I remember when I read found Emma's blog defending fruit and other non-complex carbs which I always tell people to go and read all these light bulbs were going off in my head and I emailed her and she was going to go she was just taking a few clients I think for 12 weeks and then she was going to have um Oscar And I was like, "Come on, please take me on, please take me on." And she did. And then I met Craig at the same time, and I was like, "Whoa, this is just totally blowing my mind." What do you mean I can eat sugar? You want me to drink juice and you know make chocolate milk? And you know, Craig's like, "Stop doing all that cardio and start strength training." And yeah, I just I loved it, and it changed my life and changed my health and my relationship with my body. And then yeah, Craig and I opened New Strength, and then we did the Win at Life program. Then Emma and I got together and did um saturate so i'm really super grateful to ray pete and emma and also actually i should mention rob turner and dodie anderson uh because i worked with dodie up uh, because you know emma had to go on bloody maternity leave and not taking so so clients so <laughs> yeah you know, i know and so i just wanted to keep learning and i worked with dodie who's just amazing too so i'm really grateful to those people for changing mine and Craig's lives and, you know, just allowing us now, obviously we get to share it with other women and it's really exciting. And Saturay too is exciting.
0: Oh yeah. I love Saturay. And had you always been into like bodybuilding fitness kind of thing, Kitty?
1: Well, pretty much. Yeah. Since I, but probably for the wrong reasons, cause I was, you know, like initially so focused on being skinny and being small and being lean. And then, you know, when I met Craig and met Emma, um, I just loved lifting, you know, lifting for performance. And I really enjoyed the actual sport and fueling my body. Um, and it really just changed my perspective on everything and, you know, freed me from the crazy diets and the punishing um, workouts. But yeah, but I think so many women are the same.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what about you, Emma? How did you get started with all of this?
2: Yeah, well, where to begin? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a nutritionist. and I've been practicing for 20-something years, jeepers. Um, but, you know, doing it the way we were taught to do it out of uni, you know, hand out that one-size-fits-all food list and get people to emphasize salads and cut their calories and cut out sugar and the usual things, but never really saw anyone... Progress or feel better, strangely enough. Um, And then, very thankfully, I came across um, Ray Pete's work, what was it, 10, 11 years ago now? And it was just, yeah, the light bulbs went off like they never had before. And I'd been there, done that with every diet myself as well, being my own experiment. Um, Yeah, then worked closely, you know, mostly with with Rob and Dodie, and just wanted to learn as much as I could in a hurry. Um, and as soon as I started applying this level of information with my clients, it was like overnight started seeing clients come back with the most phenomenal testimonials and exciting stories. And as a practitioner, it made my job that much more satisfying, and exciting to see women actually get better. You know, women who'd done multiple rounds of IVF suddenly fall pregnant. Women who had had, you know, been insomniacs for decades suddenly fall asleep and, you know, fat shift and mood disorders just fix themselves just um working with male athletes too and seeing how their performance improved um yeah all level of things but you know going back from the beginning I was probably reading books on nutrition since I was nine so I've been a little bit obsessed on the topic for a very long time but um yeah look nothing really truly made sense until you know, I brought it back to basics again, had to relearn physiology and, and kind of start from scratch and and, and slowly unlearn everything i had been taught or indoctrinated with, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, it's just been far more exciting to be a practitioner this last decade with, um, you know, a whole new understanding of not just food, but uh, taking it back to the cell, back to the pathways, back to hormones and the whole me- metabolism and, and understanding that better, which was truly honestly not something that was really um taught to us you know at university and then yeah like Kitty said came across Kitty you know she came across me what seven years ago now um and she was always just kind of hovering we'll work together one day we'll work together one day and then and then yeah so now we're doing it's exciting the things we're trying to do and I suppose we're we're filling gaps that we found frustrating for ourselves and for our clients of things we we wanted that um, we literally couldn't get our hands on. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's me. That's awesome.
0: And had you guys uh,
2: made the transition
0: from everything that you were doing, you know, the, the trendy diets and stuff, immediately over to, like, Ray-Pete's work? Or was it a, a slow transition?
1: Well, I pretty much worked with Emma and just was like, I'm the sort of person who just goes all in. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. go, <laughs> <and> go. <laughs> I was on. like, just tell me what to do. And I'm just going to, cause I always think, well, you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? I'm not going to die. And what I was doing wasn't working. And if I just, if I, if I don't go all in, then how am I going to know if it works? So I pretty much, yeah, just went all in except for the chocolate milk. I remember about halfway through Craig and I were like, okay, we are just, we're going to go all in now. We're going to do this chocolate milk, you know, that Emma was talking about. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, you know, I know sometimes we say to people, I think it depends on your personality. Like, don't think there's any right or wrong, you know, like if you want to go all in, just go all in. And other people like to, you know, transition slowly. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Emma? I guess there's no really right or wrong. It's just what you want to do, really.
2: Yeah, well, I guess for you, Kitty, I mean, thinking back when you made all these changes, you didn't have the, like, horrendous gut issues that a lot of people mm. might have. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think your enzymes are ready for it and your gut was happy to take on birds, board certain foods. Whereas there's other people who've just completely shut down, for example, their lactase enzyme, and all of a sudden they just go chocolate milk and they're trying to bog down two leads a day. And yeah, they're going to get bloated until sick or get the runs. So, um, yeah, for you, I think your, your, your gut, you know, wasn't in such disarray. So I think it could probably tolerate it. But I think for each individual, it is an individual approach. Um, and also, too, you weren't, definitely weren't the type to be holding you know excessive fat stores already um mm. you know you're ready for some fuel so it, it certainly mm. is a case-by-case case thing and, and and this is where i think um you know some guidance can be helpful because you could get excited about the about the ideas and philosophies and just see the foods on a list and kind of go well you know if rope pizza says they're good i'm just going to go all out and go nuts on them but yeah look it, you know, some people might put on a hell of a lot of weight initially if they're not ready for it or have digestive, you know, uh, you know negative responses. So it certainly is um, an individual thing. But I think, you know, you just go slow is, is usually the best approach and, and consider each individual food and, and perhaps look at each individual food and, you know, how long you might not have had that food in your life um, as to how quickly you reintroduce it.
1: Yeah, I think too, the whole weight gain thing, like that's because I sort of started the strength training as well. And I really took my focus off the scales and was like, I just want to be strong and I want to eat more food. Because I think too, when you've restricted for so long, it's so exciting just to not be restricted anymore. And I actually did gain quite a lot of weight initially, and it was muscle and fat. But I just, I think I just didn't really care too much because I was just like, I'm really enjoying being strong you know and not just being tired all the time and it was so great sleeping but I think you know some women might not want to gain so much weight so quickly and I think if you have been restricting for a long period of time you know if you want to minimize the weight gain it probably is good to just as you guys would know like increase the calories slowly let your metabolism sort of catch up with the calories that you're eating
0: yeah I agree um I think it just depends on the personality and case by case. I am just like you, Kitty. I'm all in or all out. Um, That's kind of what I did too. And yeah, maybe my body wasn't ready for it because I was holding on to a little bit of extra fat. So I did put on a little bit weight, but it regulated. Um, It didn't take long for my body to just get used to things. But I know some people need to go a little bit slower and like, um, you know, as far as calories and stuff, which I wanted to talk about. Do you guys, you know, track your calories day in and day out? Like, how has that been for you?
1: Oh, Emma and I probably, I'm, I like, I really enjoy tracking, you know, and I enjoy data and Emma and I always laugh about this. She's, you know, like whenever we have discussions (laughs) and she's like, oh, you should do this. And I'm straight away onto it, you know, doing it. I think I go, I don't strictly track anymore. You know, I I will only go back and track if I feel like I haven't eaten enough because that's a real problem for me. Like I really need to eat a lot of carbs and a lot of food to be able to sleep and have a really good sleep and still train. And um, I really have to purposely think about, okay, I've got to eat this much at breakfast, and I need to make sure I have my morning tea because I sort of tend to get a bit busy, and then I'll just forget and think oh shit I haven't eaten my morning tea so I have to be really um conscious of it so I sort of roughly track and you know we'll make sure I'm eating a minimum amount of calories and then usually I'll just go over that um and I just will sometimes go back and do a spot check if I ever go oh I didn't have really good sleep last night and think well, I haven't tracked my food for a few days maybe I just haven't been eating enough carbs um so yeah not strictly anymore but I did initially at the start when I worked with Emma I tracked really strictly and you know when I was really into powerlifting and training i tracked pretty closely because i just need the fuel and you know in terms of performing in the gym and supporting your body it was never about restriction it was more about am i eating enough you know am i eating enough to fuel my body and actually feel good
0: yeah and how many days a week are you working out now kitty
1: only three Mm -hmm. still three I just find if I work out more than three, sometimes I can do four depending on the program that Craig um, has put together for me. But just because of the weights that we lift or I lift, you just, I can't train any more than that. Or I just don't recover.
2: Um, You probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah. 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 I think so many women, and I used to train heaps. Like when I met Emma, I was training every day. I remember when she said to me, she's like, Oh, you know, should probably be eating like 3000 calories and, you know, like training less. And I just thought, are you crazy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So what were, what were some of your symptoms? You mentioned um, feeling, you know, tired and and cranky. I mean, what, you didn't have too many GI symptoms. So what other symptoms did you have before you started with Emma?
1: So my periods are really shit. So when I lived in Dubai, I actually had to go and get married because I fell pregnant and it's illegal to be pregnant and unmarried. So I had a miscarriage. My periods were irregular and painful. I had a DNC over there. They found polyps. Um, they found like precancerous cells on my cervix. And obviously I actually had an operation to remove them. And if I knew now what I knew back then, I probably wouldn't have done that, but obviously hindsight, you don't know. Um, I just used to wake up like multiple times in the night to pee. I had, no energy, you know, I just smashed so much black coffee. Like I remember I'd sit at my desk in the afternoons and I'd be falling asleep, crazy-ass cravings. Like I'd I'd drink cups of tea and suck on sugar-free mints just so I could, you know, not eat the chocolate. And then I'd go and have these epic binges and I'd eat like eight crunchy bars in one sitting. So, yeah, I didn't have a lot of digestive issues. It was more around my sleep and my period and my energy and, you know, just the binge eating and the cravings, I think, were probably the main things for me, which obviously cleared up pretty quickly when Emma was like, oh, start, you know, drinking because I just obviously wasn't eating enough and wasn't eating enough carbs. And then I think within about probably six months, my period started to like it just became regular, normal flow, wasn't painful anymore, you know, wasn't getting any of those crazy PMS symptoms, which was just amazed me after having all of those issues.
2: Amazing That's what happens when your needs are being met, isn't
1: it? Mm. Yeah,
2: like it is. There's a, a calm,
0: and so that all just unfolded for you by just changing food. Sorry, and say eat. that again. And that just changed for you, like your periods, the health of your periods, just by switching up your food.
1: Yeah, and just. I got, stopped doing all the cardio. So I would use, I used to before I met Emma and started changing things, I'd get up in the morning and do an hour of fasted cardio followed by an hour of fasted weight training. And then I'd just eat like maybe 12, 1500 calories a day. So just by eating more food, you know, eating the liver, drinking so much more dairy. Cause I didn't drink dairy since I was 12 because I was diagnosed as lactose intolerant. Um, So yeah, I just, drank heaps of milk and ice cream and ate the liver, even though I hated it. And, you know, we didn't have those saturated liver tablets back then. Um, <laughs> eating more fruit, uh, just eating more in general, cutting out all the cardio and just strength training and getting sun.
0: Mm, yeah. Simple lifestyle changes and nutrition. That's amazing. That it just mm. unfolded for you.
1: Um, mm.
0: And I mean, you, you brought up dairy, what are the common misconceptions about dairy and why can it be good for you?
1: That's probably a good one for Emma to answer.
2: Um, Look, I think it stems a lot from the diet industry and the the messages they put out, um, you know, and then questioning, you know, where are those statements being led from and what are they based on? Um, So I guess everyone's perception is going to be different, but look, most people, I think, I don't know anymore. I, I suppose because my I don't have that negative perception of dairy, but I, I think most people presume dairy is going to make them put on weight. Um, that we're not designed to ingest milk from another animal. Um, what would you say, Kiara? Your your common misconceptions. Yeah.
0: That's uh, it, uh the most common thing I hear is that mu- uh, dairy is inflammatory and that it's mucus producing and like what you just said we aren't um, baby cows so we shouldn't be drinking milk um, and like how harmful it is to our bodies and just you know how um what am I trying to say like factory farm like from uh promoting factory farm dairy things like that. Um, Which of course, I think quality matters. I'm not sure like what you all have access to in Australia and like what the milk like is there, but um,
1: I think we're pretty lucky actually. Would would you agree, Emma? We have like really like good farming. The farms are good, but they don't add options. Yeah, yeah,
2: of sauce and different kinds of cows. Um, and it's not mandated here that uh, reduced fat milk has vitamins added you know, we we can get reduced fat milk with nothing added. So that we're pretty lucky in that regard. Because I know in the States, that's not the case, is it?
0: No, Uh, you have to be really careful when you go grocery shopping and most milk have added vitamin D, um, which is unfortunate. And so I have-
2: And it's not, yeah, just to add to that, not to say that vitamin D in itself is a bad thing, but it's, it's gonna be the quality of vitamin D added Milk and yeah, if you drink excessive amounts of milk, you're going to get excessive amounts of it
0: too.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, do you Uh, know what I always felt too? And this was because I was so anti sugar, so like I always thought milk was so bad because it had sugar in it, which was just crazy. Like, I even remember prior to meeting Emma, I was making my own almond milk, so I'd blend the almonds with the water and then you know, squeeze it through the cheesecloth. Which was just crazy, but yeah, the sugar thing, and I think the same with as you guys. Like, I just I was so conditioned to hearing all the time in the health and fitness industry that dairy is bad because it causes inflammation, causes cancer, um, you know, it has pus in it, like all of these crazy things. <laughs>
2: well, I think with a lot of those things, <laughs> the 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 pus comment, I hear that a bit too, um, but it's kind of like saying, all right, so natural milk straight from a cow, all right, so it contains pus, does it? Well, are you associating female breast milk is going to be the same? I mean, it's it's obviously not the case, but there's a lot of claims thrown around, and I think it's for everyone to be more discerning, use some common sense, ask questions back when people make certain claims. Say, hmm, how so? Um, I think the the mucus response that's always a personal thing, and. You know, it's like if you can compare yourself to someone else who who might have grown up with a lot of dairy, um, you know, is able to tolerate a lot of liquid milk and has no symptoms whatsoever, but then you're the next person experiences a mucus response from it and it's the same milk. You've got to wonder, is it the dairy, is it the food itself or is it the environment that that milk is going into, that that response is occurring? Um, does that person have issues with, histamine has that person got bacterial overgrowth in their gut is that person already got inflamed or damaged gut so and this is with a lot of things people who come to me with different you know food sensitivities or they've just had some you know allergy testing or food intolerance testing and they've gone come with this great list of foods apparently they can't eat because they're you know and then it's made to seem like because the food is bad and look at all the foods i need to just tiptoe around for the rest of my life somehow um well why does blow down the road you know he can eat those things fine no no negative response we've got to instead not so much demonize the specific food but question why is my body so sensitive to this you know pretty benign natural compound that so many other people can eat um how can we get our bodies functioning better so there are zero intolerances you know raise the bar and aspire to that rather than you know trying to live life in these restrictive ways which to me isn't living you know we, we should just try and improve function and that usually comes with supporting the body with more food fuel and you know supporting the body to increase its own metabolic rate and make everything function more efficiently you know improve enzyme secretions um you know improve gut acidity um bowel motions am i going off on tangents but yeah i think it's it's not necessarily the food always, we've got to look at the environment you know, of that person, that person's physiology.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, because when I fell ill years ago, I could not tolerate a look of dairy. It made me mm. horrible. And of course, the quality will matter. But if you look at me today, and if I happen to have dairy um, outside of my home, it's not the same response. It's the environment that has greatly improved since then. And of course, I to um, consume quality dairy. I think that matters, but I just never thought, I thought I was doomed because I was diagnosed with lactose intolerance. So I was literally sitting there popping lactase enzymes whenever <laughs> I would um, uh, consume dairy. And there just came a point where my body just couldn't even handle the lactase enzymes anymore. So I knew there was something deeper going on. I think that's what a lot of people aren't doing is just questioning like why is this happening and like why is the person right next to me completely fine eating this dairy um and why am I not feeling so good why is my energy down why is my hair falling out why do I have these horrible gut issues um Mm. you know just keep on questioning um and keep digging on
2: well I think it yeah and it comes back to what you're asking before about you know did you jump right into these foods or did you go slow and I think on the dairy topic if you've you know, stop and at first go, well, how long has it been since I've drunken liquid milk? And for some people it's multiple decades. And you've got to acknowledge that, all right, so we're reintroducing certain proteins and sugars that hadn't been in my system for a long time. Give your body time to adjust because the body being this incredibly efficient, intelligent organism beyond our ability to even acknowledge. Um, if we haven't presented it with, for example, lactose for years if not decades the body's going to go well there's no reason for the production of lactase so that's going to be down regulated um and then all of a sudden you might want to chug down chocolate milk or a milkshake you know give the body time to start creating lactase again which it absolutely can but it can take a very long time i know for myself i hadn't drunken straight up milk in a very long time when i started reintroducing it and i had to start with a shot glass of liquid milk a day for many months um, worked up to a quarter cup, half cup. Probably took me a year or 18 months, but you know I can quite happily drink two liters of milk a day, asymptomatically. Whereas as a kid, I was told, yeah, lactose intolerant and just avoid, avoid milk for the rest of your life. And um, thank God I ignored that advice. Wow. Um, I want to ask
0: you something, Emma. I'm not sure if you know the answer to it, but something I get asked is, uh, what if someone's born with a lactose Intolerance or allergy? Are they able to get the lactase enzyme to start producing again, or is that a forever thing? I haven't been able to find anything on that.
2: Yeah, yeah, good question. I think first of all, establishing is it a true allergy or is it an intolerance, because you know there'd be very different ways of going about it. If it is a true allergy and it has been assessed that way, and there's you know shocking responses that come of it, or you know some people that. The airways close over or their um i don't know major skin rashes um you know pretty pretty aggressive things go on you've got to go all right well let's find a different way of getting calcium and protein in but if it's just an intolerance where perhaps the gut's you know not happy um i think first of all looking you know doing doing all the things that we do that help support you know the organism as a whole but Perhaps there's issues in the gut. Um, perhaps the secretion of stomach acids is, is impaired. Um, I mean, as you're talking like an infant, like newborn mm-hmm. seeing responses with the mother's breast milk and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think a lot of things need to be checked. Um, and look, there's it's warranted to consider what the mother is ingesting herself, whether it's allergens within her milk that are being passed through. It's not the milk as the problem, if that makes sense. Um, So that's something to be looked at because perhaps they're going to demonise the milk, but it's not the milk. It's things within the milk. And perhaps just jumping onto a formula instead isn't always the best thing to do. Look, I, I think, yeah, there's many variables. There's also a lot of babies these days being born with... You know, for example, estrogen dominance, you know, being dealing with the brunt of their mother's estrogen dominance and perhaps the hormonal thing, um, you know, there's many variables I think when it comes to infants. Perhaps they were introduced certain solid foods far too early and I think we shouldn't rush into presenting, you know, a lot of different foods to babies. For some babies they do better to wait a whole 10, 12 months before solids are introduced. So maybe they were... I don't know, given a peanut butter sandwich at three months old and it just, their gut was still immature and still forming, um, still literally um, just just not ready for proteins that were gonna pass directly through the gut and create quite permanent damage to the gut integrity. So, you know, consider that the solids that are necessary and delay them for as long as possible. Okay, that's such good information and good to know. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a huge yeah the whole the whole baby feeding thing is massive. I think there needs to be far more information on that level. I found myself as a new mum being quite amazed at how little information I could find personally on this level that was really very helpful. I mean there's so many baby books and and you know there's a lot of advice out there about how to feed your baby and when you know when to feed them and how soon and all of those things but Nothing really made sense, um, you know, like you, your real common sense-based stuff until I, I spoke to Ray directly about it too. And, and his advice was as simple as it gets To You know, how about a bit of fruit? How about gnawing on some meat? Um, but just breast milk. Breast milk can be enough if it's sufficient, if it's, if it's of good quality, if the mum's eating enough and getting all her nutrition too. And she needs a hell of a lot if she's going to commit to breastfeeding to meet the needs of her child as well.
0: Wow, um, that's good to know. Uh, so, are you still doing that with
2: your son? Breastfeeding? No, thank God. Um, so I did six years no stop between kids, and that's enough. <laughs> it was, it's um, yeah. Look, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I would never have changed it <laughs> for anything, but it's um, yeah. It's it's a it's it's something that we've got to be invested in if you're going to go that way. I don't think I went into this thinking I will be a long-term breastfeeding mother. I just decided I'll feed for as long as they wanted me to. But it got to a point where I had to, when each of them were about three, three and a half, I had to discourage them. It's <laughs> like, let's talk your <laughs> now.
1: So delicious. I think,
2: I think mummy's done. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's like you've got this large, I mean, very beautiful, but it's a parasite. You know Yeah. They're leaching everything from you, and um, you know by design. I think the baby is being prioritized. You know, the mother's body will leach what the baby needs, but if mum's not getting enough in, you know, in regards to reserves for herself, she's the one left depleted. Uh, so, you know, if you go I'm, I'm on my blog, I did an article about feeding babies and and myself, but just acknowledging the massive increase of calories, you know, and and pretty much most vitamins and minerals that come of, you know, the breastfeeding experience. And it's it's far higher than even just being pregnant, you know. Whereas I think in our culture we're encouraged that, okay, you just sped out a baby. So let's start the post baby diet and lose the baby belly and, and let's start the restriction, you know, mindset. And they've got this newborn. And then they're trying to create enough breast milk as well. Um, and it's just, it's disastrous. No wonder there's so many, so much postnatal depression and depleted, exhausted mothers and you know hip replacements in their fifties that didn't need to happen. Depletion um, of calcium. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge topic and women need far more support and far more information on it. Oh yeah, I agree.
0: I was just talking about this on stories today because I get, you know, a mom just had a baby and she's tired and she's recovering, so like, how is she supposed to feed herself? Do you like? And it's kind of like the last thing on her mind, I would say. I don't oh, know, I've
1: never been like,
0: so I don't know what that feels like, but having the meals prepared or having someone help you, um, because yeah, that those energetic needs definitely do increase, and I think a lot of women are still fearful of that because of the. The damage that um, dieting has done to them, making them fearful of, of calorie intake. Um, Huge,
2: and um, they say you know it takes a village to raise a child, and it's true. And it's sad that these days this is not the case. You know what? Um, you know, having a baby and then you go back to your village, you've got the aunts and cousins and you know, grandmothers all helping, so mum can recover for a few weeks and put her feet up, um, be fed. It just obviously doesn't happen. They go home on their own. Dad's gone back to work immediately. And they're left with this thing. They're like, "What the hell do I do with you?" Yeah. And on top of that, you're getting broken sleep. It's just the norm. I mean, sleep deprivation is one of the cruelest things. And then, yeah, your hands are literally full, and you're like, "I'm meant to be eating double or triple my normal food intake." How does how, this happen? So it's, you know, you've got to accept help on every level. And and I think it, you know, another thing also that saved me is the simplicity of all of this. I think the more research and analysis I've done over the years in nutrition coming full circle back around to what, you know, we talk about now, it actually makes things simpler, not harder. Like Kitty was talking about making her almond milk. I mean, God, I've done that as pain in the ass, isn't it? <laughs> or people who are yeah. you know, soaking and activating and roasting and slow cooking and blah, blah, blah. And it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like I, I remember I had to have a child attached to one boob and you've only got one hand and I'm, you know, you almost got to shake. You're so hungry. Um, And at least I could grab a hunk of cheese out of the fridge and a piece of fruit and eat with one hand. And there was no chopping or dicing or, you know, there's no preparation required at all. You can just eat food, you know, grab that bottle of milk and (laughs) drink it from the bottle. Um, You know, it's, it's in a way it's quite freeing when you start to learn the simplicity of the basic common foods that can help you out and that perhaps it gets easier, not harder.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've been there too, making my own almond milk at home.
2: First I thought it was oh, really, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I said, look at me. I'm so healthy. <laughs> it, just, it just took a lot of time and energy and it didn't even taste good. I, I laughed at that. Um, Was it a meme that you posted Kitty about <laughs> waking up at six o'clock in the morning to milk your almonds or something?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hardest part about being lactose intolerant oh, is waking yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know it's just because we just get so many new followers and there's just, I need to, I think probably sometimes just remember that for so many people, this is so left field. You know, I think because we've been doing it for a while and we're so used to it, it it's it's because I get a little bit triggered sometimes and people, you know, comment on on posts, but I have to remember where they are and that I was once in that spot too. And I, before meeting Emma, was so I oh, can't drink dairy and you can't eat sugar. And, you know, I'd crap on to my friends about how hey, you can't be eating sugar. And I was like the anti sugar you know, <laughs> Nazi. And then on the weekend, I'd be binge eating, you know, like secretly downing my packets of Jersey caramels and pizza. And because I'd be so And how much do you
2: binge now, kitty?
1: Never. Sometimes no, now. It, <laughs> even the weekends, I'm like, oh, because you know, when you're not eating enough, you get all these weird cravings for stuff. And now, because I've just eaten so much food, sometimes I'll get to the weekend and be like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? You know, I just don't even really know what I feel like. You know, whereas before I'd be like, oh, God, no, ravishing hungry. Yeah, I could yeah. smash a pizza. I'm like, oh, I might make this or I might make this or, you know, it's never like this, oh, my God, I have to have – I mean, sometimes I get that I need to have a burger or make, we make our nice sourdough pizza, but it is just incredible. And, it, you know, looking back now, I think, oh, it's just so simple. But when you're actually back there and you're in it and you're restricting and you're so influenced by the fitness industry, because when you, everywhere you look, you know, there's like fitness models, there's vegan fitness models and ones that don't drink dairy and don't eat sugar and they look so great and they look so lean and you just, I think, I mean, I was, I don't know about you guys, I was always so desperate to be small and to be lean so you just follow anyone's advice, which, and I think you just get into this spiral eventually, like, well, I don't know what the fuck I should be eating because, you know, dairy's bad and sugar's bad and fruit's bad and everything's bloody bad.
2: <laughs> There's nothing less.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to drink water and breathe air, you know. Oh, I don't know if you felt like that, Kiara, if you were like right into the dieting. You're, how old are you? Are you you, I reckon, I'm going to just have a guess at how old you are. Don't be mad at me if I guess wrong. No, please You're 25?
0: I'm 28. I just turned oh, 22 so,
1: so you look uh, so young. You look so gorgeous and young. Oh, you're so
0: sweet. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Um, Yeah, no, I get all the time, like, you're 21 or you're 17. I, I don't know what it is, but I have this, like, uh, I guess that's a good thing, you know, maybe in the long haul, <laughs> make me look younger. Um, but no, I was, you know, just watching my mom growing up dieting counting her calories I was actually reading uh, through her old journals uh, about a year ago and how she was tracking her calories and she wanted to lose x amount of weight by x amount of date and I'm just like oh I just I felt for her and I felt for my past self and all the women who are trying to um, lose weight because yeah I think the industry will teach us that smaller is better that leaner is better and to be tiny as tiny as possible because that is what looks good on all the models and all, you know, the magazines and everything in the movies. Um, but gosh, we're not taught about all those health markers, right? And mm-hmm. that means like your metabolism is in check and your temperatures and your pulses and all these things that are so new and fascinating to everyone. And like you said, Kitty, I mean, I, I get triggered too when people are like coming at me with the whole vegan thing or the whole dairy thing, like how dairy. you- <laughs> Basking, but having to remember that yeah this is even though it, it shouldn't be new information and I, I don't feel like it's new information i feel like it's lost information yeah. um well, you old probably
1: information. Are,
2: yeah and you probably need triggered because you're genuinely angry for the women out there being affected by those kind of messages aren't you i mean it's, it's that that frustration of oh stop saying that because you know there'll be unnecessary suffering from it mm. um you know, and the deprivation that, that comes with it. It doesn't, life doesn't have to be that hard.
1: You know, it can, you can feel good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you well, just want to shake them. Hey, you're like, you're just like, mm. come on. Like you could be, you, you could feel so much better, but it's so hard. Like I think until you're ready, you just, you, you, you've got your blinkers on, you know, you just, that was the same for me until, I don't know, it was just that article of yours, Emma reading it and just getting to the end and thinking, holy shit. And I was ready then you know, because it really made a lot of sense to me and I was just so sick of eating broccoli and bloody tuna and flaxseed oil and, oh, God, mm. i thinking about my diet. Like I'd go to the gym and after training, I would eat a quarter of a cup of oats with a scoop of protein powder mixed with water and blueberries. This is after training fasting oh. for two hours. Oh, gosh. It's like, what the hell? And I would shake it in a shaker at the gym and just drink it down and think, oh, you're so good, kitty. It's not having any sugar. (laughs) Like, you know, and then I'd go and eat my boiled eggs and I'd cut up green capsicum sticks because red capsicum sticks had too much sugar in them. (laughs) Big big (laughs) ass salad for lunch, you know, with heaps of spinach and chicken and then boiled eggs again and then salmon with a big Mm. plate of green vegetables. I did put coconut oil and salt on it, so that was good. And then I'd eat my diet jelly (laughs) for dessert. (laughs) I just (laughs) – this is you so just want to your
2: old self, don't you? you just yeah. your old self and I'm sorry, I'm
1: sorry. And then I would drink nice wine. Like... <laughs> wine every night because yeah, I was well, so hungry. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, I just do feel so much for women because you just think that you're doing the right thing,
2: yeah, exactly. And then they're, and then they're on the pill or they're taking the nap, nap, oh, nap, I was on the pill to too, the, the,
1: the PMS, and
2: and you know, and they're having their fertility i mean it just the, the list goes on that it's not associated with the, you know the lack in in what you're eating perhaps mm-hmm. those things other things don't have to occur and perhaps everything really is connected
1: yeah okay. and it's it's actually not anything crazy So i remember something that you said to me um because we you were talking about like what did your grandparents used to eat and i was like oh you know you're right like when i used to go to my nini's house she would make us for breakfast eggs she'd always have this tray of butter like a little glass container that would sit on the bench with butter she'd actually squeeze orange juice fresh for us and drain the pulp she'd um, make homemade bread she used to make heaps of custards and I loved her custard ice cream she'd make steak and kidney pie for my granddad which I didn't like and you know big roast dinners with parsnips and pumpkin and potato cooked in lard and she'd make cakes with just like flour and butter and sugar, shortbread biscuits, you know, like just really wholesome, mm. old fashioned food. And I was like, this is just what this is. This is just yep. how my grandma used to
2: eat. Yep. Yeah.
1: Nothing crazy. And I never remember her serving me green vegetables. Like I remember, remember us having roast. Oh, actually, I lie. She'd do, um, uh, what are they called? The little sprouts, Brussels sprouts, but she'd like cook them in bacon and bacon yeah. fat yeah. yeah, and heaps of salt brussels sprouts need bacon <laughs> <laughs> so they were delicious yeah. yeah and cauliflower if we ever had cauliflower it was cream like she'd make she'd cook the crap out of it and then it would be with this beautiful creamy bechamel sauce with heaps of cheese oh yeah, cauliflower
2: yeah. Cheese. oh my god yeah. so hang on she wasn't doing green smoothies and kale salad
1: <laughs> she never was emma and she wasn't using almond no. flour or, or no. milking no. almonds <laughs> Wow. And she used to get the I milk delivered. You know, in the bottles, like I remember we'd go out and she'd, you'd oh. get the little milk bottles and they'd have the um little um lids on them, the little silver like foil lids, yeah. and she'd put the empty ones out and the milkman would come along and he'd replace them with the fresh milk and it was just beautiful.
2: Yeah. Oh, good times, aren't they? Always amazing L- memories. Lucky things have grown up in those times.
1: Yeah. And you think it just now it's just – moved so far away from that i remember her like in as she got older and when she eventually went into a nursing home like she was diagnosed with lactose intolerance and you know she was they were giving her almond milk and it just made me so mad and i'll say when she actually died she just prior when when she passed away like you look at the food they feed them in the nursing homes and it's like full of pufers, yep almond milk and she had like really bad diarrhea and i'm like dad I was just telling I was telling him like give us some periactin. I was like, try yeah. and get it off this all this. But you know, like my dad, obviously, of course, he doesn't understand nutrition and he's like, Oh, I can't do that. And you know, it just but it just made me so mad. Like watching her eat this food knowing that she could feel better.
2: Absolutely. And there would have been it's no really butter, was sad Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so sad.
2: It's so sad. I mean, they grew up with the best instincts and they're just really Beaten out of them, really, um, and the marketing's been strong, and it's been—they made it harder to get the simpler products that are just, mm. you know, what we are, always ate. Mm. Yeah, and kind of same here in the states.
0: Uh, you know, everyone in the hospitals today. Oh God, the the Cheerios or the Jello that is full of artificial flavors and sweeteners, and like you said, preservatives. It's it's it just makes zero sense. And I'm um, cool. you know, oh yeah we've gone so far away from it and like I said it's just lost information that we're sharing now it's just really going back to traditional stuff stuff that makes violence
2: biological- absolutely and it's given a bad name to foods like that like you talk about jello we call it jelly you know jelly and ice cream was always this recovery food you know you've been to hospital you had surgery or you've had tonsils out or something first go-to a jelly and ice cream and mm-hmm. some people these days would see that as oh that's a treat or junk food but Back in the day, real jelly made of gelatin and fruit juice and a bit of sugar, incredibly restorative, incredibly healing, you know, highly beneficial food, real ice cream made of real egg yolks and real cream and real milk and um, Mm. is one of the most perfect foods. But you can't buy it like that hardly at all anymore. You know, store-bought, it literally is junky and full of gums. Mm. Um, So what used to be an almost perfect meal, you know, jelly and ice cream has become... Junky and crappy. And what if they did really serve real jelly and ice cream in a hospital? Oh, my mm. God. Everyone would recover and <laughs> do so well and be so happy. And, um, but, yeah, you know, yeah, ice cream's a perfect example of a food gone wrong. Um, and, you know, if you can't find the good stuff, which is getting harder to do, it, it's really worth investing in an ice cream machine and playing with some recipes that, it, you know, and obviously kids would happily lap it up. Um, you wouldn't have to, you know, the way we have to so called coerce them into eating health foods. Well, their instincts are right, and maybe they don't need al dente broccoli and muesli bars. They need good quality ice cream, and mama be happy, kids be happy, there'd be no battles, um, they grow with strong bones. Yeah. It's just crazy how we've bastardized so many foods. Yeah. And I think a lot of people
0: who are lactose intolerant, for example, they're like eating poor quality ice cream. And so the question is is it really the dairy in there or is it right. additives? And they And the poofas like that. that they add to like dairy free ice cream. Oh my God. Or just those dairy mm-hmm. alternatives. And I'm like, those are probably doing more of a number on your gut than the
2: actual. Oh, hugely. And people need to be particularly discerning about gums, gums of all sorts. You'll see locust bean gum, you'll see vegetable gum, you'll see carrageenan. These things are horrendous for the gut. I am incredibly inflammatory, incredibly destructive. Mm -hmm. Um, Carrageenan associated with stomach cancers. Um, Yeah, just always look out for these. And you'll notice that they're in every secondary product out there, which is exactly, as you say, another reason that perhaps we're bad-mouthing the dairy products but it's not necessarily the dairy product. It's the other junk put in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, look out for those. Um, there are certain ingredients I'm like, you know what, don't stress about it. You'll survive. You'll get more positive than negative from that food. But gums are something really worth, you know, up there with, you know, with the poofers. Um, really look out for gums.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it doesn't get much better than just
0: wholesome real food like, you're, um, like you were talking about, Kitty. Um
1: They're yummy too. Oh
0: yeah, exactly. It really doesn't, it doesn't have
1: love Ice cream. It's the best. Yeah. I've had, I've had ice cream every single night nearly since I started this. I just I don't know, I just love it. <laughs> Sometimes I try to do, do different things, mm-hmm. but I just always come back to ice cream. And I've recently been um putting a couple of tablespoons of marmalade on my vanilla ice cream at night. It's so amazing.
0: Well you make it too, right, Kitty? No,
1: nah, I tried making it once with Emma's recipe, and I was like, oh it's too in it's <laughs> it's too heights. it's too time consuming I was like I make my own ice cream yeah but, um oh the ice cream and not the marmalade we found this really good guy that makes this amazing marmalade um and I just buy like wholesale so I buy like 60 jars at once 50. yeah and it's like five bucks a jar he's like always like oh thanks so much for your support kitty whenever I like put a you know <laughs> send him an email about like, buying but we go through it, you know. It never goes off.
2: Yeah, that never go, This is it, and there's the old preservation methods too. I mean, yeah, they work. Just, we, these are, you know, crafts we should all learn. And um, you know, we could have incredible sweet fruits all year long when you know if we learn how to preserve the leftovers at the end of summer. It's um, mm. it's crazy. We've gotten very lazy, haven't we?
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah, and the ice cream is so easy to make. Like, honestly, I just throw it all in the blender. i just like have a real plain base recipe and I put our collagen in it. And it literally takes two minutes to put in the, to the blender and blend it. And then I pour it in the ice cream maker for 60 minutes and just go straight in the freezer. So it's, I think the ice cream maker really, if you, it's it's a good investment and it'll pay itself back. They are expensive. Like the ones Definitely. with the, you know, the, what do you call it? The cooling part in them. But you know, if you buy, because yeah. in Australia, really, there's not that many good options, hey Emma, unless you find a really good gelato place, like just in the supermarkets, oh, there's yeah. only really
2: Hagen oh,
1: Sadly maybe. enough, we have to look out for Hagen
2: yeah. you know, coming from America, yeah. which is crazy.
1: It's like 13 Australia, bucks a box yeah. for 500 so grams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But if you make it, it's so much cheaper. Wow.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just got an ice cream maker for my birthday. So okay. I'm. <laughs> hey. Congratulations. i've been inspired by by seeing your stories kitty so i cannot wait to test it out
1: it's twice a week it's really annoying though when craig starts to eat ice cream because then i have to like double up the and he never helps not that there's much to help with really but um it's He's exactly, he he has all these like stupid ideas about things that he wants to make and then he'll do them for like a week and then he's like, oh, and then he doesn't want to make it anymore. So he just goes back to his really plain basic stuff. Um, But sometimes I'll make him some ice cream. I'll feel nice and make it for him. I sound pretty mean, don't I? I, can't.
0: I love it, I love it. Um, All right, ladies. Well, we're coming up on time here. I just like want to ask you after- our episode today what are some of the best actionable steps that you guys can come up with for a woman who is struggling today coming from you know all the diets and trying everything and still can't you know heal her symptoms or lose the weight she wants to lose
2: you go kitty
1: uh okay all right god there's just so many things you're like hey what's the i don't know i i think maybe back to the going slow like you don't have to be like me who's um Going, going all in, but I really like in our program, of course, because we work with a lot of women who do want to either lose body fat or change their body composition in a healthy and sustainable way. So our focus is helping them improve their health first, all those metabolic markers, and then strength training to either lose body fat or change body composition. And I think, you know, if you're someone like the tracking, if you know you don't have to track for the rest of your life, but I, I I feel like that a lot of women either consistently under eat or they under eat and then they binge eat so you know i think just eating enough of these foods every single day is so important so just you know you may think in your head that you're eating enough but when you actually pop it into a food tracker let's just say my fitness pal or chronometer you might go oh wow i'm only eating like 1200 calories or 1400 calories i see women do it all the time at least you've got a sort of, I guess, an indication to go, all right, I'm under eating. I need to try and, and push my calories up. And then maybe you could just start by, you know, going, I'm just going to increase, I don't know. I'm going to eat two pieces of fruit or three pieces of fruit and a glass of juice every day and just start there and just really, you know, slowly increase um, your carbs. I think the carrot salad is such a really good, easy one. That's going to help, you know, with your digestion and removing that ex- excess estrogen and endotoxin, it's something that I still do every single day. You know, I've done it since I met Emma <laughs> um, is such a, another really easy thing to do. Um, I think in terms of supplementation, like just start with your food supplements, liver and oysters, you know, I've eaten them every single week since I started. And they're so jam packed with nutrients. And if you don't like liver, you know, you can try our liver um, capsules. Cause I know, a lot of women just can't stand the thought of liver, but I really think if you can get, you know, six to 12 voices in every week and a hundred grams of beef liver, all the liver capsules, you are really just going to be doing your body so much good.
0: That's really good. Kitty. I think those are like really sustainable, actionable stuff. They're mm. not mm. anything crazy. Um, and if you're anything like us, you'll do it and just go all in. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Do everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. I have one last question for all the guests who come on the human experience podcast. I'd like to ask you both. What makes you human?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question. question. <laughs> I
0: don't even know. What do you mean? What
1: makes you human?
0: Um, well, I mean, I think walking as a human on this earth can be kind of complicated we have so many emotions day in day out so like what some people will say like you know the one thing that makes me human is that I've suffered or I have emotions or I'm not perfect I'm you know I don't make I make mistakes things like that
1: oh my I definitely make mistakes
2: (laughs) that's what makes you human yeah absolutely (laughs) always learn from yeah
1: Emma and I like are the opposite. Like I'm like no attention to detail, but just like plow ahead, do anything, you know, just jump straight in. And Emma's the opposite. She really the, thinks more then, and more attention yeah, to detail. And, Kitty,
2: and Kitty's action and I'm procrastination
1: and go slow. Yeah. <laughs> so so we really balance each other. I think so I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just jump in and fuck it up, then clean the mess up later as we go along. It's fine. And Emma's more like, oh, no, we'll just get it right, you know, which is really good because sometimes, like, you know, I'll put posts out and there's mistakes in it. Emma's like, oh, kitty, you've got to, you know, fix this. We try to do all the time. I'm under spell check. I'm terrible. No. <laughs> even Vic says to me, she's like, did you even read this before <laughs> you posted it? She's probably like, don't worry, Emma will read it. She'll edit it. <laughs> And it was like, I had to delete that post. It was doing my head in, you know, but it's good it's a really good balance. So maybe I guess that makes me human is just making mistakes all the time and just keeping going.
2: Well, it sounds
0: like you That's guys both have a good partnership and you, you balance each other out, right?
2: Mm. Oh, we're, we are. Kitty is my perfect pairing. She's just, yeah, everything I'm not and vice versa, um, which has been, yeah, a godsend to me. I could, you know, go along at my own pace. And procrastinate to the max, but Kitty's like, "Let's get it done. Let's put a date on that. Let's just decide, act in it, move on." Um, which has been, yeah, lovely. Gets the whip out on me, but like I said, you know, she she loves organizing the big stuff and getting us out there and getting some podcasts. And I'm like, "No, just I'll just stay behind the curtain and do my thing." Kitty. She's
1: like, "No, like, get no, out. you're getting out there. Like, you're coming." <laughs> Emma's done so many podcasts now. It's you're so coming. Good. <laughs> it's, she, Emma's um, always like, "Oh, you're like Pete," and Emma's like, "Craig."
2: Oh, don't you think yeah 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 you know couple matching yeah otherwise yeah. if we were you know two kitties two emma's like it would just bang heads and no 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 it's yeah. um it's it's a lovely combination but i think it's what has made us get as far as we've gotten so far i think and um yeah and i and i'm happy to sit in the background and do the research and, and fiddle on the details um which so yeah, is my favorite thing but i, yeah, emma's- I think
1: with the skincare i was just saying with the skincare it's just amazing like all these it's we just can't wait to release it it's yeah emma's done such a good job on the formulation and the formulas we're working with they're really good because emma's like don't do this or do this you can't put this in or you've got to do this and they've really you know come to the table with something um truly amazing yeah if you weren't like that emma it wouldn't have been that way
2: well particularly with our original formula i think you know the easiest thing to do is to cut all the corners and add all the fillers and stabilize everything to the max but you'd end up with a really compromised product like most of the things that are out on the shelves out there but we wanted to make something different or or not bother wait i am so behind on the times you guys have the skincare line coming out too
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Every, every, <laughs> emma's em i swear to god emma's like because i'm really like we're so close now to getting it released and we're just waiting we're getting some new branding done for the skincare and I reckon every second day I message Emma going has the guy got back she's probably like fuck <laughs> off kitty like no, no. coming back to me because <laughs> I'm so, so impatient I'm like you know when you can just it's so close now because we've been literally working on it I reckon for a year and a half and um That's we finally found these amazing, amazing formulators that Emma met because she's been in Sydney and um we're just so close now well, the whole
2: saturate thing started because we wanted to create skincare because we have so many clients who, you know, they've analyzed what's in their pantries and what they, what they're eating, what they're taking. And then it's made them start to think bigger and go, all right, hang on a second. If I'm eradicating these certain oils from my diet, but then I'm fluttering all over my body when I get out of the shower, isn't that a problem? We're like, yeah, it is a bit. So then they'll recommend, you know, ask for recommendations on skincare products. And we're like, oh, sort of not really much. We could hundred percent endorse. Um, so one day kitty calls me, you know, historical phone call, um, Emma, you know, I'm going to make skincare. I'm like, okay, all right. Do you need help? So we, um, that was what 18 months, two years ago now. So that's what yeah. was, the skincare range. And in the meantime, the process has taken far longer than we could have ever anticipated in the formulation. But in the meantime, we figured, well, we also need this and we also get requests about that. So let's just, you know, access a few other products in the meantime, which became our supplements, which was never really the plan, but kind of took off. Um, and then in the back end, the skincare is still plodding away, but hopefully in the coming months, we'll finally get that out. Mm. Oh my God, I cannot wait,
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. I had no idea, I've been so just kind of like off of the, the internet kind of just plugging away, but I'm so excited for you guys, congratulations. I, I'm sure that's mm-hmm. so incredible. Um, all right ladies, well, I think that just about wraps everything up. Thank you guys again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. Until next time. Thanks so time. much Thanks for having me. You. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs, so feel free to take a screenshot if you're listening and be sure to tag me on Instagram. And of course, if you feel called to a love of love to see you leave a five-star rating and review so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time. I wanted to take a brief moment to chat about the relaunch of The Nourished Method, which is my very own signature course that is 12 weeks long, and it's going to look a little bit different this time around. So if you were with me last year, I launched the Nourish Method for the first time ever. Thanks so much to the women who joined and gave me incredible feedback for this round so that things can be improved. Things are going to look a little bit different. No weekly calls. Um, I feel like a lot of the women got a lot of the answers that they needed from the course and just communicating with me via messenger and the Facebook community. So that's exactly what we're going to do this time around. We're going to have a private Facebook community where all your questions and concerns are going to be answered. I'll be in there every single day. So it's really no different. Um, the course will be dropped all at once. All 12 weeks of modules will be dropped all at once. You'll have the knowledge, wisdom, and tools that I have literally in this course. Um, you'll get trackers, um, meal plans, uh, supplement guides, um, grocery guides, literally so many things, checklists, like the whole nine yards guys. I'm not going to leave you out in the dark. I want you to succeed. I'm also teaming up, teaming up with some really awesome women in the field when it comes to movement and meal plans. You'll get set up with that. You'll get the whole works. Um, I'm really excited for this round you guys. And the early bird special starting on February the 4th is $297 paying full. There's also a payment plan option for that, and the price will go up at the end of the week of the fourth um, to 497. So be sure to sign up early and let me know if you have any questions on Instagram.